All right, we're coming back with a, with a very quick and special episode of Two Guys, One Card. Error cards. We are talking error cards. Personally, very dear to my heart, and also kind of an enigma in terms of investing and uh, the collectibles market. We want to talk, what are the top error cards? Before we do, we always got to run our theme song it's too good we can't let a uh, pod start without it so let's just cut to it two guys one card brought to you by two guys hanging out in their parents basement comes a podcast covering the exploding market of sports card collectibles Host Brad Lascoli and Jack Gaffney will spend each episode diving deep on one of the many iconic cards moving today's markets. And now, Two Guys, One Card is proud to introduce Brad and Jack. Two Guys, One Card! Okay, so we're getting right into the mix. We've pulled a, a list. We, we just went online. Googled error cards. I will tell you that about 99 out of 100 error cards that are in existence are baseball related. There really isn't much in the football, basketball, hockey world, or at least not enough for people to give a crap about. The conspiracy theorists will probably wonder, is that intentional? Are they trying to drive more eyeballs, more collectors to the sport? The world may never know. All right. With that being said, let's just get into this. The first card, I'm going to skip the first card they do because I want to end the pod on the first card that they talk about on this website. Uh, Well, let's talk about air cards for a second here. Okay. So what do you want to talk about? I think, first of all, I, I know coming to the hobby, you always hear about air cards. You always hear that they are valuable because, you know, maybe they're unique, but I never really understood why. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, this is an error card, but like, why should I pay a lot of money for okay. it? So I think first and foremost, an error card is only an error card because it's been corrected either by the, the manufacturer or, uh, pulled from the market, uh, whatever it is, there has been a correction to that card and that correction creates your favorite thing, scarcity. Sure. And I I think the more we learned about it, too, it wasn't so much that these cards are scarce, but it's also you're like an archaeologist out there trying to figure out the story, trying to figure out what happened. And the more you learn about it, the more, you know, the more of a story behind it, the more valued by those hardcore collectors well, it is. To be honest with you, error cards in terms of investment 20, 30 years ago or, or 40 years ago weren't all that important. And, and, and people actually didn't pay attention to them necessarily. It was really the fact that you could start Googling and sleuthing yourself into what these error cards are, why it happened, and and how you can get a piece of it, that all of a sudden they, they started becoming not just more popular, but more valuable. And also there's conspiracies abound. If you go on eBay and you're looking up cards, you can basically find an error, a quote unquote error version of any card that you want to buy. I mean, like people are claiming that if a, a dust mite took a dump on your card, that is officially <laughs> an error at this point. But that do, being said, do dust mites defecate? I'm, they <laughs> definitely kidding. take dumps. Just, 
That's part of the issue with your pillow, Brad. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you, you got de- dust mite dumps all over. Maybe that that's pillow. why my daughter, every morning she sneaks into our bed, she says, Oh, daddy, you're stinky. Go yeah, brush you, your teeth. You maybe smell that's, like maybe that's it. Dust mite shit. <laughs> I just want to put it out there. Great. All right. So, that being said, I, I think error cards are intriguing. They're interesting. A lot, most of them have great stories and storytelling is part of it too, right? Like you want to know the history of why this card is the way it is. And um, there's no better history than error cards. That being said, are they valuable? Are there cards out there that actually have a monetary uh, equivalent worth their scarcity? So let's hit the list. Let's hit the list. Uh, Again, I said I'm going to skip over the first one on the list because that's the most interesting and because it's currently available at auction. Uh, But let's let's start with one of the more fun error cards, and that is the 1989 Fleer Billy Ripken, which is uh, notoriously known as the... Do you know? No. As the fuck face card. <laughs> and that is because on the bottom of his bat, he had kindly inscribed fuck face in black Sharpie on uh, fully in view on I the mean, card. My Billy dad. Ripken, the lesser by far of the Ripken family. Still brothers. a pro ball However, player. That card, uh, given that story, I'm a buyer. I'm, I mean, I'm buying. <laughs> so here's the crazy thing you have to know about this card. Uh, and and like I said at the beginning, it's only an error card if it's corrected. Fleer made five, I think four or five attempts to correct this card during production. They put a black box over it. They had somebody scribble out with a, a black marker in, in terms of the, the photo negative. They had somebody white it out. And then they had somebody also put a white box on it. So you've got at least four versions of correction. Like, like they basically were doing lines in in the photo room. Do, do we know saying, what this what card can we do sells next? for, by the way? I, I mean, a million dollars? No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a lot of money. Uh, this is one of those cards that I think, you know, it's... It's everywhere. You can find it in any way, shape, or form. Oh it, man, when you type in Billy Ripken, it's only on eBay. This. It's only it's only the air card. It's I only mean, the it shows, card. Unfortunately, how kind of irrelevant I his think in uh, terms of, career was. of PSA population. The most rare is White Scribble. But let, let's be honest. If you're going to own this card, you want to own it because it oh, says fuckface. You can get this card for. I mean, where it looks like you can get this card for well under a hundred bucks, and it's. I'm seeing ungraded versions of it this on the bottom of the bat for, I mean, right now, a day left in auction, 40 bucks. This should be in everybody's collection, honestly. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is definitely a must-have in terms of okay, error there cards. There is a PSA 10 right, you're gonna version go down of this a black hole. on eBay How listed much? right now, uh, $17.89.89. Buy it now. You can make an offer that's, too. That's a joke. That's a joke price. Seventeen eighty nine is you say the, so, but let's... is the year that uh, Billy Ripken Senior was was born. Actually, Hold was on. it Cal Ripken Senior? Okay, you know what? What's the, the old man's the last name? one? A, a PSA ten sold for on April twenty third. Was that today? What day is it today? Um, no, it's not today. April twenty third. Couple days, two days. Ago. Okay, two days ago. Nine hundred fifty-two dollars. I mean, that's, that's I, I'm still buying. I'm that's still buying. Not chump change. This is this is great. 
Uh, I got to look into the population. Right, stats, you but... are going down a rabbit hole. We yeah, I'm get down the rabbit list. hole. All right. The next one is a 1969 Topps Mickey Mantle, where all they did was mistakenly print mantle in white font instead of black font. I am selling the shit out of this. That is very uninteresting. Don't care. Next. Next one is a 1952 Topps Johnny Same Page Bio. What does this mean? Uh, I have no idea. It is a sell. Very uninteresting to me. And then I'm honest. I'm not going to know how they they fucked up another Joe Page saying. I guess these two cards are connected. I mean, I must say. Part of 1952, though. Good year for cards. 1952 tops. First tops. These are this. These are Yankees. These are Yankees players. I mean, they played with Mantle. They were right next to him. Those are cells. All right, here's one that I, I kind of find interesting. 2006 tops Alex Gordon rookie. Remember how good Alex Gordon was, Brad? Remember the Hall of Fame career that Alex Gordon had? Do you even know who I'm talking about? Now, I'm so focused on this Billy Ripken. There's a PWCC auction, PSA 10, that goes off tonight. Three hours, 28 minutes, 500 bucks. I'm, I think I'm bidding. All right. Well, I, I, told, <laughs> I told you it's a must-have for every collection. All right. This one's interesting because it, it really doesn't make any sense face value. But I guess in 2005, Alex Gordon was a first-round pick, was a top prospect, but didn't fit the uh, requirements of Major League Baseball to have a rookie card. So he, because he hadn't played a game yet, he was not allowed technically to have a rookie card. That being said, Topps rushed out a 2006 rookie only to get slapped on the hand by Major League Baseball and have to pull it out of circulation as fast as they put it in. His actual rookie card didn't debut until 2007. So there's, there is a rather, let's say, junk rookie card of Alex Gordon that is considered scarce, unusual, error in if the classic terms. If you're an Alex Gordon collector, it's a, a, must have. a, a family member, uh, yeah, I, I think you own it. Otherwise, right. not interested. Then there's a 1948 leaf of Gene Hermansk. Can you imagine... They smell. They spelled. I can't even pronounce words uh, when I, I look at this list. They spelled his last name wrong, Brad. They spelled Hermans wrong. Don't care. Yeah, definitely. Next, so. uninteresting story. All right, this one is really personal. This card is personal. Nineteen eighty-seven, Donruss, opening day. Barry Bonds rookie card. You what the air is? They put the face of fucking Johnny Ray on that card. Why does this even matter? Well, first of all, you get a. Can I see this card? If you get a, it is definitely not Barry Bonds. Oh my! It is Johnny uh. Ray. Now, I was growing up in my town. I was the Barry Bonds master. I was the reason why any of the five baseball card shops in my town of 8,000 people carried Barry Bonds cards. I will never forget walking into my rinky-dink mall. That was disrespectful. I apologize to the Viking Land Shopping Center. Walking into a very stoic mall that needs storefronts, people, in case you're planning on opening something in cent West Central Minnesota, and going to the card shop in the back of the barber shop 
it was a two for two for one car shop barbershop and the proprietor pulled out his Barry Bonds rookie card that he offered me and I distinctly looked at it and kindly said to him sir that is not Barry Bonds I am not buying that card what a mistake. I had an opportunity for, I, I assume. You had an opportunity to put your kids six, through college. $60. And- I could have, <laughs> I think I could have bought it for $60, a Barry Bonds rookie error card that I believe now on uh, like a PSA 10, even a PSA 9, we're talking thousands of dollars. Thousands. Thousands, Brad, that I passed up. And this is one of the, the quintessential like big error cards. Like they straight up made a big mistake with a star player. You know, Barry Bonds was not an unknown coming into the league. His dad was basically a future, a future Hall of Famer. His godfather was Willie Mays. And here they slap on Johnny Ray's photo onto his rookie card. Anyway. We're moving on. Oh, here's a fun, the next card. Here's a fun one. 1977 Star Wars C-3PO. There is a very clear reason why this is considered an error card. I have no idea the valuation here. Brad, could you describe to our listeners what makes this an error card? It says 207. Wait, what? It is. Is that a? He has a a raging hard boner. Oh my god! This is Uh, (laughs) three PO with a raging (laughs) hard boner. For any of you with robot fetishes, I highly recommend you get this card and add it to your collection. How did that make it to production? I don't know, but it is substantial, folks. Uh, I would highly recommend you Google a 1977 Star Wars C-3PO. It is numbered 207, and just well, take sloppy, it in. Sloppy is a big Star Wars collector, Star Trek. He's really deep into the science fiction genre. Well, with the size so this, of this, he slop, would be you got to own this one. He would be, this would be deep in him. Let's, let's just call, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. All right, moving on. A 1954 Bowman Emlyn Tunnel. Shocker here. They spelled tunnel with only one L instead of two, which was the proper spelling of Emlyn's last name. Uninteresting. Next. Here's a fun card. And there's, I don't think the follow-up is on here, but we can talk about that too. Sam Vincent. Sam Vincent was a guard. Oh, is for this the, the Orlando hoops? Magic. No, this is the Jordan. Oh, 90 yeah. hoops. This is where Jordan, I guess, had his jersey either stolen or lost. And for the game, had to wear number 12. And in doing so, they decided, hoops decided, they found the best picture of Sam Vincent possible. And that's him tipping in a rebound or shooting a layup over a Michael Jordan wearing number 12. How terrible is that? You know, during this run-up, that card actually did blow up, and I think it was, like, selling for hundreds of dollars. Well, they, uh, they pulled it, and they popped in a, a solo shot of Sam Vincent looking up court you know, desperately trying to make the assist with no other player in it. So, Which, by the way, still an interesting story because Jordan also apparently went to, I think he went to a kid or somebody in the the stadium that was wearing a Jordan jersey 
And if that would have fit him, he was going to wear uh, he was going to wear a jersey from oh. the crowd itself. But I, I do. I love the story. It's funny. It's interesting. And I, I'm a buyer of the card at the right price. Honestly, I want this number 12 jersey. I want the game worn number 12 <laughs> jersey. That's where the money is. Uh, but in the same collection, there is another fantastic, not error card, but just a pop culture phenomenon. Uh, in Pretty disturbing. Mark, Mark Jackson. This one is hard to find, but but it is it's sought after because the Menendez brothers the Menendez are sitting courtside <laughs> in the background. The son of a dentist. I would. I want to say I'm a buyer, but I, I also still feel alive? like it's, is, is it inappropriate to are be a buyer alive? of that card. I mean, you should. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know if they're. I assume they're just rotting in in jail. Yeah, I assume. But uh, their parents. I mean, so, it's a pretty, pretty horrible. Sh- it's also a pretty sharp shot of the Menendez brothers. You know, sitting Simmons actually did a box break of the ninety hoop set a couple weeks ago with his son, and they were hoping to get that card. I don't think they got it. It's. I think it's hard to track down. Because eBay, it's at just one a Mark point, Jackson. No, at one How point, is it hard eBay to track down? banned sales of that card. I mean, it's not uh, now. You know what would be a you what would be a uh, you got to buy a, that thing on the black market. A front row for that would be Mendez brother sitting next to OJ. That would Oof. be a with a Mark Jackson streaking down the court. That running away from them, that would be legendary. I think we're sellers. All we're right. sellers. Next up is a. Upper 1989 Upper Deck Dale Murphy, the famous reverse negative. His jersey's backwards. It suggests the bat is over his left shoulder instead of his right. I don't know how. I remember that being a big deal when I was growing up because Upper Deck, the 89 set, was such a big deal. Um, You know, for kids like us who grew up in the late 80s, 90s, uh, but. Not, not actually. That I mean, Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy was a bit of a beast. I'd prefer Fred McGriff, Crime Dog. Um, but that being said, here's an interesting point. At the beginning of the pod, we said an error card is really only defined as an error card if it is replaced or changed or pulled. Uh, there was a another Braves reverse negative that's quite famous, and and potentially suggests that there was collusion in the Dale Murphy reverse negative, and that's the 1957 Topps Hank Aaron, which actually my father is a is a owner of um, in total shit condition because I'm pretty sure he used it between his bike spokes. But that was a reverse negative that showed him batting lefty instead of righty and never corrected. So it isn't it, maybe it's it's a mistake, but it's not really considered an error card. Just a little fun error card uh, factoid for you. Interesting. Next up, uh, 1981 Fleer. How long is this list? Greg, we're almost done. Greg Nettles, where it says Craig Nettles on the back. Is that not hilarious? <laughs> I my I am lukewarm all right, all right. at best on all right, that so one. We'll, Next. Go, we'll go to what well, first of all, it's not considered maybe an error card necessarily, but there is the most or second most valuable card in the world is technically in the same vein of error cards. It wasn't corrected, but it was pulled. And the scarcity because of that pulling is why the Honus Wagner T206, I think. From you know, he was a man ahead of his time. He did not want to endorse tobacco. Smoking. Yeah, 
Isn't that he some did not shit. want kids to smoke? I mean, a gentleman, a gentleman, and a scholar. Um, also, I've heard maybe a terrible human being. But that being Ooh, said, didn't Honus know that. Wagner, we should yeah. probably do our research. Ty Cobb, that was Ty Cobb, bad dude, terrible bad human, dude. yeah, really terrible human, raging racist, I believe. Yeah, too. Rager, like, uh, yeah. But that being said, that is part of the reason why Honus Wagner, not the greatest baseball player of all time by any stretch of the imagination. But why is, that card is so solid. Exactly. So let's get to our number one air card, I think, on anybody's list. And that is the, oh, crap, 1990. 1990 tops. No name on the front. No name. The Big Hurt. Frank Thomas. Rookie card. To Rookie boot. card. And and that brought up a lot of late later on questions. Did Tops do this intentionally? The reality was Frank Thomas as a rookie was seen as a top prospect, but certainly not uh, as heralded as other rookies that came into the same class. And what people have found out in later years as they've done more work on the basically that set as a whole, they realized that it wasn't just the Frank Thomas card. It was actually a sheet, and you could see basically like this long kind of strip that impacted a couple of different cards in different ways. On a diagonal. That's right. So people started now not just collecting the Frank Thomas air card, but the others as well to kind of put the entire air sheet together i guess which is incredible and and i must say that the way that this was printed it slowly ran out of ink so there's other variations of this no name frank thomas where you can kind of see frank thomas or you can see a little double ink printing of it but in the end there are only very few that are truly a no name frank thomas and in fact We've become so obsessed with this. We have talked about buying cases of the 90 Tops collection off of eBay and rifling through packs looking for this. Another collector did it a few years ago. I think he went through two cases, something like 14,000 cards, got nothing out of it. Um, It just seems like such a treasure hunt that we are better off buying the card itself. So there is actually one up on heritage auctions it's a bgs9 it's a i not nothing to to um sniff at i mean that a bgs9 of an error card sounds good to me and it's the only time in recent memory i can i've seen this card up for auction i think i think there's only a population of psa 10s in like one or two Maybe I one. think there's more than that, but it it's small. It was small. No, I, I think one sold maybe like five years ago for like twelve grand I as thought, a ten. I thought there was there was more than that. We'll we'll come back on this. We'll Needless to say, follow. that card is worth a lot of money right, because so he what, ended up having an all Hall of Fame did, career. Did you pull up that card? I I did not pull it up, but it's uh, at Heritage, and it's uh it's. It's I think a BGS nine, so I I do I too. I mean, I think we're both we're we both have our eye on it. It's one of the few things we're interested in in buying right now. <laughs> it, it, that's that's how overheated this market is. We are now looking for opportunities in highly graded error cards. We have just added Billy Ripken fuckface to our <laughs> list of one, which was previously Frank Thomas, no name. So, By the way, I uh, the more I researched on eBay, just there's like. 
six, seven of them for sale right now. A bunch of flash auctions on at PWCC, which tells you that people are just like they saw the one pop off for almost a thousand, and they're all trying to sell. Unload, and baby. then simultaneously, there's a couple buy it nows. One for seven hundred or best offer. One for seven forty nine or best offer. So it looks like this card's probably going to be you know six hundred and and changed because there's one, two, three, four. Four, five auctions going off right. in the next four plus days. So, so, do, so let me. Put so, don't it, race to buy it. Let yet. me put it <laughs> to you this way: Do you want a, to own one thousand Billy Ripken PSA ten fuckface cards, or do you want to own one Jordan nineteen eighty six Fleer rookie PSA ten? I'm going to put it to you: a thousand tens or one ten Ripken Billy Billy, not Cal. Ripken or Jordan? Oh, Jordan. All right, just checking, yeah. making sure you haven't lost your mind. All right, nope. I think that's a wrap for our uh, little mini episode got. on air cards. I will Running say low on wine. the the bulk of uh, the air card industry does seem to be in baseball. So if you're if you're looking, look hard. And uh, if you can't research it, then it doesn't actually exist as an air card. Until next time, happy collecting. Two guys, one card.